Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. Steve Cypress here for another amazing, believe me, fantastic, unbelievable episode with my unbelievable, fantastic, believe me, amazing co-host, Mr. Everett Fornell. Steve, it's a pleasure, as always, to be here and to be helping people from see the shining sea and around the world. We are absolutely the leading podcast everywhere, the best, the most amazing podcast going on. Tim Ferriss, get out of the way. It's right here, the best of the best. And behind the scenes of the podcast, we have the very best team and staff that has never done anything wrong ever. Well, we did have that one guy. Now, we didn't rat him out. But we got rid of him as soon as we found out that, like, 15 years ago, he had an argument with somebody and shoved him in the middle of a bar. So we had to get rid of him because we don't put up with that kind of nonsense in our deal. But we I'm just trying to think who that could even be and how you could even do that on a podcast. But as always, dear well, listener. I, I might end up. I might, if, I might have to quit the podcast if I really held that to a standard. So. <laughs> we like to start out with a little sarcastic levity. Related to the topic of the week, which maybe you can guess, it's a topic on everyone's mind. Oh, the the uh, the anticipation. Oh, there's a there's a secret indicted report. Someone's going down. Trump's presidency is crumbling at the core. It's all over. The house of cards is falling. See ya. He's gone. His top people are going to go to jail. And a blah blah blah. And it came out that one out of the three camp uh, campaign heads that Donald Trump had during his campaign, that, and we talked about it, and go back to the, the early episodes of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, we talked over and over about his continued choice of new campaign managers. One out of those three ended up being a sleazy, lifelong operative who did all kinds of who knows what and is now indicted by the special prosecuting team of mad dog investigator whatevers that dug up his past, and he might go to jail, and who knows, ha, huh, whatever. Meanwhile, something I saw or read said what they got him on was something from 2014 and earlier or something, which is probably before Donald Trump ever heard of the guy, and certainly before he ever worked for him. And so, sorry, anti-Trumpers, but this had nothing to do with Trump and nothing to do with the campaign, other than they reach for straws and go, well, what does it say about his vetting? What does it say about the people he surrounds himself with? What does it say about his judgment? Here's what it says, in my opinion, and, and Everett, you, I, I want to hear yours, but in my opinion, is here's what it says. It says the guy's in the middle of a campaign and says, I need to very specifically move on from campaign director number one who got me through the primaries to campaign director number two who I need to stop these anti-Trumpers from hijacking the convention and somehow getting the delegates who are pledged to me to not vote for me. And so that's why this guy was called in. And I'm sure they vetted him and checked him out and whatever, but do you really think is the standard somehow, I mean, these special prosecutors, I think there's like 10 of them, 
They're like the world's greatest mad dog attack prosecutors. They investigated everything about this guy, took him a year. They had access to every single thing on earth, including subpoenaing all kinds of witnesses, documents, records. They broke into his home. They got all his stuff. And only then, after a year, do they come up with, well, back in 2014, he did something wrong. And that's the standard we're supposed to hold Donald Trump to for his vetting, that somehow he was supposed to hire 10 attack dog prosecutors, have subpoena power, break into the guy's house, and then tell him whether or not he could be his campaign manager. So this is nothing about Trump. It has nothing to do with Trump. But what it says about Trump is the second he got some kind of inkling that this guy was some kind of a crook and a criminal and who knows what he did, Trump dumped him like a red-hot coal and hired a new campaign manager. Am I way off base? No, I, I think you're I think you're dead on base. I think you're uh, you described it perfectly. Simple fact is that as you mentioned, the prosecutors have subpoena power which a campaign doesn't have. They have the ability to go into his house which the campaign doesn't have. They have the ability to look through all of his stuff which the campaign doesn't have. So after a year of put you know crawling up the guy's derriere with a microscope, they found some alleged indiscretion from uh you know from several years ago okay fine whatever but what i think is more important for the business owners is the fact that what's instructive is that is that the is that donald trump fired the guy as soon as he got an inkling so he didn't he he i'm sure there was a vetting process because there always is a vetting process so there's a vetting process they go through there's interviews they look at his political positions in the past they go through a whole process. They finally end up hiring this guy. They get an inkling of something wrong. They fire him immediately, right? That's higher slow. Well, I mean, these charges, from what I heard only peripherally, uh, you know, I'm not some kind of, you know, I'm not paying attention to the news 24 hours a day. I don't know who can. It's not even news. It's entertainment and it's craziness. But, I mean, uh, supposedly it's some it's far-reaching charges, like it's money laundering, racketeering, something else, like, and Trump is supposed to, have just known this about the guy and uncovered enough to, you know, maybe maybe Trump had some kind of inkling that he's an unsavory character who's a wheeler and dealer. But on the other hand, that's who he wanted. He brought the guy in because the guy knew the establishment, because his first campaign manager was like Trump, an outsider who had never run a campaign, no, no experience, didn't really know anyone on the inside. And when Trump actually got enough votes to win the nomination, but then the party wanted to take it away from him, which... A lot of the leadership in the Republican Party still wants to take everything away from him and, and not pass anything he wants and all that. Like, he brought in this, this troubleshooter who had been in the swamp Washington, D.C. pit for years, and you'd have to assume, therefore, he had done all kinds of seedy, ridiculous things, but he brought him in for a specific purpose for a real short time, and then he bounced his butt out of there when words started coming around that he's an unsavory character. Right. So you, you, that's what business owners need to do. That's what business owners, that's how they have to approach hiring in their business. Now, I, I can tell you that's how they have to approach it because I've done it the other way. Hired fast and fired slow. And it's always a nightmare. You get the wrong person, and then you're trying to train and or teach and or mold the person into the, per, in, into the employee that you need, which is always a losing battle because the employee doesn't care to be the person that you need. They care to be the person they want to be. So then now you, you're, you spend energy and money and time and attention away from other more profitable pursuits trying to make this person the person they want, uh, that you want them to be. They get annoyed. You get frustrated. They become toxic. And next thing you know, 
your business is suffering because of a toxic employee that you made. So you have to – I know it's hard for business owners because they say, oh, well, we don't like firing people. I don't want to fire someone. You're doing them a favor, right? You hire them slow, and when you find out they're not the right people, let them go. Let them go find another job. If you feel so bad, give them a little separate. Tell them you're paying for a month or something <clears throat> so that they can find another job. But for crying out loud, don't keep them around and annoy them and frustrate yourself and be toxic in your business because the toxicity in your business affects you. It affects your family. It affects your other employees. It affects, <clears throat> pardon me, it affects your vendors. It affects your customers. It affects everything. Let that person go as soon as you find out they're not the right person for the job. Let them go. Treat them nicely. Shake hands. Part as friends, right? Because you're not going to part as friends if you try and fix them. Part tips off at each other. And there's no good that ever comes to that. So bring them in, sit them down, say, look, I don't think that this is right for you. Uh, I'm happy to pay you a month or two severance. If you know somebody who this might fit a little bit better, I'd love to have a referral for that person. And why don't we just leave as friends and you can go And I'll give you a referral to new people for new Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a referral to Yeah, exactly. In other words, and we've talked about it before, I mean, a smart thing to do is to hire everybody on a trial basis and to let them know that, to say, here's the deal, you're hired, but for the first... 90 days, 30 days, it depends on what position it is. The more important and the higher up in your company it is, the longer you might say this period is. And let's talk again at the end of these 30, 60, 90 days, two weeks, one week, whatever it is, and let's just see over this time if it's the right fit. And it, it right. eases this conversation you're talking about when you post. So let's say, you know, we'll give it 60 days, but after 22 days, you find there's some friction, some problems, and so whatever you call the guy in, you go, you know, remember, we're doing this on a, on a trial basis. How do you think it's going so far? And have that conversation as soon as you need to have it. And understand that it's a big world out there. So many business owners, Everett, they tell me nonsense, like, oh, it's hard to find good people or there's nobody out there. So they put themselves behind the eight ball into the scarcity mode when the shoe is on the other foot. It's the, the, the prospective employee, the job seeker, who's sitting there going, man, I really hope someone hires me. I hope I can find something good. It's up to the business owner to understand that the scarcity is on the other side and not to feel oh, but I need to compromise my integrity to hire this person, right? I really need to lower my standards, right? Because I'm so desperate to hire somebody. No, 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 no. Wrong. You're absolutely. And, you know, you, you want to hear something funny? This is a funny story I just thought of. I once had a guy who worked for me and then left and started his own handyman business. It's in the contracting industry. And I contacted him because he had a particular skill. I forget what it was, but it was like laying floors or something. He, you know, he was good at that kind of skill. So I contacted him to see about doing some sub work for me. And he, uh, he agreed. He came in to sit down. And so we started talking. And I said, well, here's, here's how much I'm willing to pay for the work. And he said, ooh, that's not, you know, that's, that's less than I would normally make. And uh, this is 2009, late 2009. Uh, no, I'm sorry, late 2010 early 2011, and he, and he said, uh, that's, that's, you know, normally I would charge more than that to do the work. And I said, I understand that, but you've got to understand unemployment pie, which means that labor is cheaper right now. So if you want to do the work, you can do the work. If you don't, then there's a whole slew of people out there who have this skill who I'm happy to hire and will be thrilled to, to, to do the work at this price. He passed, and I found somebody who was happy to do the work at that price. Now, some people think my wife was, my wife thought that was horrible. How could you tell the guy that? 
Well, because it was the truth. <laughs> labor is a commodity, just like any other commodity, and you have to have good labor, you have to have good employees, and you have to make sure you're picking the right person. they got to be satisfied with the deal you make, and you've got to be satisfied with the deal you make. And there are a bazillion people out there to hire. There's people, I got my best, I stole my best salesperson away from a car dealership. He was a sales manager at a car dealership and was getting tired of working, you know, 80-hour weeks. And I got him to come in. I got him to come in for an interview, and I closed him. I'll come to work for me. Done deal. No problem. So it's not like you have to pick only from people who are unemployed. You can go after people who are employed, right? We're, we're dealing in the jungle. You can poach other people's talent if you think that the talent's right for your shop, uh, you know, right for your business. So, yeah, there's, there's no lack of, uh, of labor, and there's no reason to feel like you have to, to feel like you have to hire somebody because you need the pair of hands or you need the warm body in your business. Worst reason in the world to hire somebody. Right, and not to mention that no matter how much you feel, and maybe you're listening right now going, yeah, but you guys don't understand the position I'm in right now, blah, 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 blah. I really need to have somebody. Just understand the more you feel that way, more likely it is you're going to hire the wrong person. And, and short term, maybe you think that solved your problem, but come on now. If you have any experience in business at all and you've made this mistake, like we all have, you know that long term, that's a mistake. Get through the short term and get to the long term. And you saw that with Donald Trump. This guy, his second campaign manager, Trump, if you remember back to while we were recording these episodes a year ago when that was happening, he was catching so much grief for like, oh, you know, campaign manager change. Ooh, the campaign's in trouble. He's going down now. It's all over now. Like, did he really want to have to do that again? But you know what? When he found out something about this guy who's a, who's a wheeler dealing insider, swamp scum trading, money laundering, whatever the heck he was doing, it's not a question of like, oh, what will it look like? But, ooh, this is the second one. You just got to get rid of him. And you got to get somebody new. And as it ends up, Trump ended up getting Kellyanne Conway and Steve Bannon, which led him to defeating Hillary and led him to the presidency. So that's the other thing. The longer you're keeping a toxic employee, the longer you're stopping yourself from hiring a good employee instead. And listen, there's, I want to just real quick, because it's going to get into the advanced tip a little bit, but I do want to touch on it because I think it's important and it's not that advanced what I'm about to say. What I, what the people are going to get if they call in is going to be tremendous. But what I'm about to say is not. So um, I think part of the reason that business owners tend to feel stressed about not doing, you know, about uh, I got to have somebody, I got to hire somebody, I got to hire somebody, is because they miss the part that they're capable of doing the work. Right? I owned a business and I got real lazy when I had 25 people working for me. And I wouldn't do any of the stuff that I'd hired people to do, which was a huge mistake on my part. So I just want to point out that, like him or not like him, Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street guy, when he got out of the stock business, went into the mortgage business, and went door to door. Now, this is a guy who the year before had made $49 million in his pocket in the 80s. That's how much money he made. The next year, he's out door to door selling mortgages. Now, he made a lot of money doing that, too, but he was out hustling mortgages door to door. He never got lazy. He never got worried about doing it. Ron LeGrand, who is a, uh, for, for the folks who don't know, he's a real estate, uh, get rich in real estate guru guy. Well, in 2008, 2009, 
he got hit hard. Well, Ron got out and started going after the speaking circuits again. He had cut down, his, if I understand correctly, he had cut his schedule back tremendously. He was doing a lot of investing. He was doing a lot of big, uh, big time stuff with big buildings and, and big dollars and, and was making a ton of dough. Suddenly, 2008 hits. Guy has a, t- a huge financial meltdown because he's in real estate, and, of course, the value of real estate just plummeted. So what did he do? He didn't go, oh, well, what am I going to do? He went back out and started doing the manual labor, started doing the work again. He was scheduling to go talk to local real estate investment, uh, real estate investment group with 20 people, 30 people in the group. This is a guy who was making millions of dollars a year the year before, was, was traveling around the country to talk to 20 and 30 people at a time and to rebuild his business, and he did it. So I, I get concerned sometimes because I think business owners, when they get in that mentality, i got to hire somebody. It's just because they're too lazy to do the work that the other person was doing and do their own work. Yeah, it makes for some long weeks, but you own the deal. That's, you know, so the buck stops with you. If you got to work 60 or 70 hours for a couple of weeks until you get the right employee, not an employee, not a warm body, but the right person, then just suck it up, buttercup, and do 60 or 70 hours a week for a week or two. Find the right person and do it the right way, and you'll be uh, uh, you'll be much better off long-term and even short-term, really. Great, great point, and we have a great example of that. Uh, another lesson to be learned from Donald Trump is the guy works like crazy. So from what you just said, if you got to work a little hard and get out there, I mean, look at this guy, 70-year-old multiple billionaire, and for some reason, he really wanted, well, I mean, lots of reasons, but the guy wanted to take on, like, the most thankless job in the world and then go work, like, 15-hour days doing it. Like, give me a break. So can, do, when we need to get something done, how much do we feel sorry for ourselves or do we just go get it done? And so in the you touched on it earlier. In the advanced tip this week, we are helping those that go to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com you get the contact information forever myself, and we will help you to put together the right job posting so that you can find the right person and you can get rid of the wrong people. We help you do that in the advanced tip this week. So for the enterprising people who want that help, go to lessons from DonaldTrump.com and get in touch with us, and let's help you out. Any last tip to leave them with, Everett? Get out and make your fortune. I, I mean, I know that's kind of a... That's kind of flat, but really that's what it comes down to. Are you an entrepreneur who's building a fortune and building a legacy and going to leave something behind, either sell it or do something real with the time and energy and effort, or are you going to just own your own job and then eventually quit and uh, you know live off your savings? You have the ability to leverage your effort today to you know, many, many millions of dollars uh, worth of wealth, but uh, it doesn't happen on accident. It happens because you listen to this podcast, and it happens because you implement what we talk about, and it happens because you, uh, you keep your head straight, keep your head in the game, and do things the right way instead of the convenient way. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump. Make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to lessons learned from DonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.